Hello, everyone. I'm Dr. Carmen Poliafito, and I'm here today with Dr. Roger Goldberg of Walnut Creek, California. And uh, welcome to Retina Synthesis. Welcome back to Retina Synthesis, Roger. Well, it's great to be back. So at Arvo, you presented uh, some important results on the 18-month results in the pivotal Derby and Oaks clinical trial of Pexitica plan for treating geographic atrophy. So can you tell us a little bit about the molecule involved and why it's supposed to work? Sure. So uh, Pexetacoplan or APL2, it of course doesn't have a, you know, easy, easy to say branded name at this point, but it's a complement factor three inhibitor. And if you remember kind of the complement cascade, it can get activated in a, in a variety of different ways. The classical pathway, um, which is like antigen antibody complexes, the alternative pathway where you get these kind of um, cell surface markers that on, on pathogens. And there's also this uh, mannose binding lectin pathway, which is kind of based on the sugars on the surfaces of various microorganisms. And all of those things converge onto C3, which then triggers kind of the remaining downstream cascade of uh, inflammation and opsonization and eventually the formation of uh, something called membrane attack complex, which is kind of the very downstream um, uh, final product of the complement cascade, which causes cell death and secretion. And when they do genetic studies of patients with macular degeneration, whether it's the early form, the intermediate form, or the more advanced forms of macular degeneration, there are always numerous hits on in the complement cascade, numerous, numerous kind of pathogenic mutations that seem to be associated with macular degeneration, regardless of the stage of macular degeneration. And in particular, then when you look, let's say like histopathologically at Drusen, um, you see uh, a lot of complement deposition. So there's been this strong feeling now for geez, coming up nearly on 20 years of the kind of central role that complement plays in the pathogenesis of macular degeneration. And so Apellus, which makes the uh, exetacoplin, the C3 inhibitor, they did a phase two study called the Philly study, which showed uh, that you could slow the growth of geographic atrophy by giving these injections either monthly or every other month. And it was the results of the Philly study that led to uh, their phase three programs, which they called Derby and Oaks. Uh, and Derby and Oaks were you know, twin studies. They were very large, uh, over 1,200 patients total. Uh, and patients were randomized either to monthly pegcetacoplin, every other month pegcetacoplin, or sham injections. And then they're gonna be followed actually uh, the primary endpoints at one year, but they're followed out to two years. And then there's actually a, an extension study as well. So the patients will be followed even further. So um, what were the results? So at, at, they had previously shared the 12 month results. Those are of course are the, the primary endpoint. Uh, this was the first time though, that they have shared the 18 month results was at Arvo. And 
at 12 months, we saw a, uh, a significant reduction in the growth of geographic atrophy in the Oak study, which was a 16% reduction in the growth in the every other month arm and 21% reduction in the monthly arm. In the Derby study, uh, it showed a smaller reduction, 11 and 12% uh, reduction at 12 months. And those uh, p-values just missed statistical significance in the Derby study at 12 months, 0.06 uh, was the p-value in the monthly arm, for example. So, um, so uh, now they share the 18-month data. And at 18 months, what we see is continued separation of the curves. So the percent reduction actually ticked up a little bit, uh, 16 and 22%. Uh, in Oaks and 12 and 13% in Derby. And for these, the p-values were less than uh, 0.05. They were what they called nominally statistically significant because it wasn't the primary endpoint, uh, although it was a pre-specified endpoint, uh, they're what are called nominal p-values. And it has to do a little bit with kind of the statistical plan and the various uh, statistical hierarchy that the biostatisticians create when they're designing these very large and complex phase three trials. So overall, we see though kind of just increased separation of the curves. That's of course a good thing because it means more preserved retinal tissue over time. Um, and I think probably the most interesting slide uh, that was shared, the most interesting data was they broke down the impact of pegcetacoplan over time. So what was its impact in the first six months? What was its impact on slowing the rate of GA in the second six months, you know, from month six to month 12, and now from months 12 to 18. And here we saw um, a very clear uh, increase in the magnitude of the effect over time particularly in the Derby study. The Derby study, of course, is the study that missed, you know, just missed its primary endpoint at month 12. And when you look kind of just in the first six months of Derby, there is a very little, very small reduction in GA growth, about six, uh, six to 8% in the monthly and every other month arms. And, and but, but then from month six to month 12, it, it jumped up to 16 and 17% and it stayed around that level for months 12 to 18. And it kind of gets back into the more normal range of what we saw from the Oak study, the other study, as well as in the phase two Philly data. So it kind of suggests when we're sitting there scratching our heads to say, well, why did Derby underperform relative to Oaks and Philly? It looks like it, it, you know, it, it's from the negligible effect that the drug had in the first six months of treatment, because after those first six months, it actually does seem to uh, start to make a difference uh, in slowing the rate of, of GA growth. And then, you know, uh, the data was broken down by uh, foveal and extrafoveal lesions. Of course, extrafoveal lesions tend to grow faster, and the drug seems to have uh, a stronger effect. We see the magnitude of the reduction in GA lesion growth in the extrafoveal population quite a bit larger. In Oaks, it was, um, it was 
excuse me, uh, uh, 17 in the every other month and 33% in the monthly. And in Derby, it was uh, 17 to 23% for the monthly and every other month arms. So we see a little bit greater magnitude of effect in extrafovial patients. And these, of course, are the patients whose vision we really want to save. So it's good. Um, I think it's good to see that the patients where at least I'm most excited to intervene before the central fovea has been taken out, um, that, that, that the drug works kind of even better in that population of patients. Was there a difference in response between large and small lesions? So um, that's a great question. There, there, uh, we know that larger lesions in general grow faster than smaller lesions. And it probably has to do not with the total area of the lesion, but with the kind of the surface area, how much perimeter space there is, because the more perimeter space there is, uh, the more room there is to expand. And so uh, the, the, um, the study tried to balance the, you know, the size differences between the sham treated arm and the pegsatocopelin treated arms. But the way they did it is they just did kind of, they, they basically equalized it by more or less than seven and a half square millimeters of geographic atrophy. But of course, you know, it's not, you know, in the real world, GA isn't just binary, it's a sliding scale. There's, you know, there's GA at every, you know, every possible size of square millimeters of, of geographic atrophy. And so um, they do see a difference and they actually, uh, Sunir Garg uh, presented how some of these baseline differences, including lesion size, may have impacted or affected the results in Derby and Oaks. But yes, larger lesions grow faster um, and it's kind of easier to show an effect the faster the uh, lesions grow. So do you think there's a future for anti-complement therapy and geographic atrophy? do. Um, you know, of course, this right now is a relentless and slowly progressive disease, and there's no treatment available. So although, you know, look, would I love a drug that stops the disease altogether or even reverses, you know, vision loss associated with GA? Of course, those would be, a, you know, what I'd call a home run or a grand slam. You know, this is more of a single or a double, but it's a single or a double in a disease where we've never had a base runner. So I think from that standpoint, um, I think I think I and and uh, the retina community and frankly our patients are eager to have something out there to try to slow down this disease. Um, so between um, uh, APL two here, pegsetacoplin. Uh, Iveric, of course, has a C5 inhibitor in development, uh, the GATHER studies. Um, so I do think there's a future for uh, complement inhibition uh, in geographic atrophy. Well, thanks so much, Roger, for your insights into this uh, ongoing story about APL2. And uh, we'll see what the FDA has to say. All right. Very good. Well, thanks for having me on. Thank you.